0: On Breakfast with Champions. And that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So, with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much.
1: John is, you guys, John is one of the leading mindset and behavior experts in the world whether you're traveling from Portugal to Kentucky or not everywhere in between he is one of the leading behavior experts and he's appeared numerous times on Larry King Live, Anderson Cooper, the Ellen DeGeneres show and here you've probably seen him around Clubhouse he has his own room every Monday evening I try to attend I was just there this week and he has uh, he just had a latest best selling book Inner Size which I'm sure I'll talk about today It's called The New Science to Unlock Your Brain's Hidden Power. And and it helps individuals recognize and release the mental and emotional blocks that prevent them from achieving their biggest goals and dreams in life. And I'm really super passionate about this this subject because literally this week coming up, on Tuesday through Thursday, is my summit, which is why I invited John and you, Glenn, called uncapyourincome.com, where we're talking about unlocking your true earning potential. And so, just real quickly, you guys don't use the clubhouse DM to speak to me, but if you want to, if you want to take it to the summit, come on over to my Instagram and DM me the word summit. No emojis, just the word summit. It doesn't fire. My response doesn't fire if you add any smiley faces or love bugs or hearts or any of that. But we're going to get started with John because I know that you're going to love hearing from him. He's, by the way, built five multi-million dollar companies, written to two, not just one, best New York Times bestselling books, and featured in eight movies, including, you probably know him from the blockbuster hit The Secret and Quest for Success with Richard Branson and Dalai Lama. So, Today, he's the founder and CEO of Neurogym, which is a company dedicated to use the most advanced technologies and evidence-based brain training methods to help individuals unleash their fullest potential and maximize results. So I am so happy to have you with us here, John. Hello, good morning.
2: Hello there, Haley. And it's always great to uh, come on the uh, back end of David's presentation and questions. He's, uh, as you all know, a rock star, an amazing, loving, caring, brilliant individual. So hi, Haley. Hi, David. Hey there, Glenn and others.
1: Good morning. Good morning. And John's just like probably right down the street. You're in town, right? You're probably right down the street from me right now. I happen to be in San Diego as we speak.
2: I am right uh, down the street in rainy San Diego.
1: I know, I can't believe this weather this week. I come in and it just pours all week. How about that lightning storm on Monday night after, uh, what was it, after the Instagram, Facebook blackout and then just everything went whoop.
2: Yeah, that is uh, something that we don't see very often. The last several months have been crazy, crazy, crazy weather. I guess it's that global warming thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right, so tell us about your background, John. Let's. Uh, I know that you have your own room here and you pop around the, the app every once in a while and it's always fun to sit with you for a couple hours on Mondays. But in case anybody's living under a rock and doesn't know you, <laughs> tell us about you.
2: Listen, I'm a, I'm a fellow traveler, as I like to think about it. Just uh, another human being looking to have an extraordinary life uh, with the same uh, challenges and opportunities as every other human being or just about every other human being. And I just want to uh, have a great life, make a big difference while I'm here. And uh, my passion is really uh, neuroscience and neuropsychology, and really understanding, I think, a couple of things. Number one is, you know, why do I do the things I do? Uh, why don't I do the things I know I should do or wanna do? And, you know, what's the nature of reality and consciousness? And uh, how do I develop the mindset and the skill set uh, to live the best life ever, uh, all around in health and wealth, relationship, career, business? And uh, I've just been a student, like everybody who's on here right now is is a student. We're seeking to understand more, to uh, really be more aware, to achieve more, give more. And uh, so I'm just a fellow traveler. And the way I, I see life is uh, if you imagine that we're all walking on a path, I see that we all have these hard hats on and there's a light in front of us to shine our path forward and um, hopefully we all turn the light behind us so we can shine the light for the person that's walking behind us and um, and so that's just the way I look at life and uh, my goal is to lift as I climb.
1: John what what got you into this kind of work like what were you doing previously?
2: So what what got me into this work is just um, uh, like a lot of times you know our uh, our life turns and twists uh, and our message comes out of our messes. And in my teens, 13 really to about 18, 19, I um, got into a lot of trouble with the law, uh, drugs, breaking in entries, lying, stealing. Uh, I left high school grade 11, failed English, failed math, and just didn't think I was gonna end up with um, much of a life other than you know the job that I had at the time when I was 18 was in a shipping department making a buck 65 an hour. And I had a chance meeting that I said yes to. And um, it was my brother who set it up. He was a a tennis pro that was teaching this uh, very successful entrepreneur um, uh, tennis. And he was telling my brother, I'm sorry, my brother was telling him about the challenges that I was having and that I was creating in my life. And so this man just told my brother, hey, why don't you have him uh, meet us for lunch? And at the time, I lived in Montreal, Canada. My brother and this gentleman, Alan Brown, lived in Toronto, Canada. And uh, so I took the train 350 miles to meet my brother for the weekend and to have lunch with this Mr. Alan Brown. And uh, my brother picks me up at the train station. We go for lunch and Mr. Brown asked me like, why are you getting into trouble? Why are you doing all these things? You know, why don't you go back to school? And I'm like, oh shit, I've heard this so many times. You know, it turned me off initially. And then he said, well, let's leave that alone since I really couldn't give him the answers that made any sense. He asked me, what are some of my you know, life's goals and dreams? And I said, well, uh, I'd love to buy my own car. I'd love to move out of my parents' house. And I'd really love to get a job that makes more than buck sixty-five an hour. And he said to me, Haley, he said, that's, that's all great. Okay, but what are some of your bigger goals and dreams? And I, I was at a, I had no idea. I I'd never thought of any bigger goals and dreams. I was just thinking about you know, surviving in the moment. And so he handed me this document and this, this will age me a little bit. Uh, I just turned 60 a couple of weeks ago and uh, the document that he handed me was in March of 1980. Okay. So that just puts it into perspective. And the document was the 1980 goal setting guide. And he said to me, said, why don't you just take 10 minutes and write down quickly. Um, The answers to these questions, so I opened up the document and the first question was, at what age do you want to retire? Here I am, 19. My father's still driving a cab. He's not retired. He's working his ass off. And the first question is, what age do you want to retire? And so I said to Mr. Brown, I said, how am I supposed to know what age I want to retire? I'd like to get a good full-time job. He said, put any age down. So I put down 45, 26 years later. Second question, how much net worth do you want to have? I looked at Mr. Brown, I said, Mr. Brown, what does net worth mean? And he explained to me, and I said, how am I supposed to put anything down? He said, just, just dream and imagine. I said, okay, $3 million. And he said, what kind of lifestyle do you want was the next question. What kind of car do you want? What kind of um, home do you want? What kind of uh, things do you want to do for other people? So I said, I want to retire my parents. I want to travel around the world first class. I want um, a four-bedroom home. I want a Mercedes-Benz. Um, I want to... Uh, This and I wanted that and I want this and I gave him the document after about 10 minutes of writing down shit That came out of my head and he said to me said listen these are some really great things He said I'm gonna ask you one question and the answer to this question is going to determine whether you achieve every single one of these things and So Haley as you can imagine I was thinking in the back of my head. Yeah, sure one question is going to determine whether I achieve all of these And we're sitting at lunch, he's across from me, and he leans in just a little bit. He's very, very serious. And he goes, are you interested or are you committed to achieving those things? And so I'm thinking in my head, interested or committed? What the fuck's the difference? That's what I thought. And so I asked him, Mr. Brown, what is the difference? And he says to me, he said, if you're interested, you'll do what's easy and convenient. He said, if you're interested, you'll keep using your stories, your reasons and your excuses why you can't or why you're doing what you're doing. He said, if you're interested, you'll allow your current identity to control your behaviors and your expectations. He said, but if you are committed, you will upgrade your identity to match your destiny. You will upgrade your beliefs. You will upgrade your habits. You will upgrade your skills. You will upgrade your knowledge and you will upgrade how you show up every day and you will become the type of person capable of achieving every one of the goals you wrote down that you have no idea how to achieve. And so I was like, wow, interested, committed, my God, this, this guy's putting me on the spot and I don't know why Haley, but I just blurted out of my mouth, I'm committed. And he leans over again. He says, in that case, son, I will be your mentor. And the first words that came out of my mouth was, wow, that's great. What's a mentor? And he began to share with me what a mentor was. And to cut the the story short, I moved to Toronto two weeks later. I enrolled in real estate school, which I didn't want to do. I borrowed the $460 that I needed because I only had $40 in my bank account to get into real estate school. I got my real estate license five weeks later. He started to teach me about selling real estate. And over the next 18 months, as a 20-year-old kid, I made $180,000 under his coaching. That's the beginning. And then... I started my real estate career at 19 years old. And then at 26, I started my own real estate company. And between the age of 26 and 36, I opened up 85 offices, 1,200 salespeople that were doing $4.5 billion a year. By the time I was 32, and I'd become a millionaire and achieved all of those goals way in advance of 45. So that's the beginning. And so then I've built several other companies. Uh, I've also failed miserably in one of them. So there's the um, very, very high level with some detail overview, Haley, for us to begin.
1: Wow, that is such a great story. I I, I haven't heard that whole story from you. I was thinking to myself, like when he said, I'll be your mentor first, you were like, yes. And then you were like, oh, I'm scared of shit.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know what a mentor was. Well, also, I
1: just think like, you know, when you decide to go in and say that you're committed versus you're interested, it is such a different energy shift. And I don't, maybe people don't realize that if people, you know, people are sitting here in the audience and they, 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 they've, they've said to themselves their whole life, they're interested, but they've never really said I'm committed and done what it takes. Like even just saying these words, like just explaining this and having this conversation with you kind of makes my skin quiver because I know what it's like to be committed. And it's once you say yes and you commit, whether you're working with a mentor or not, it's freaking scary.
2: Sure it is. Well, there's, you know, the reason I got into behavioral neuroscience research is to understand for me, right? First, I, I was my own student, right? I wanted to achieve more. Um, I didn't feel like I was smart enough. I didn't feel like I was good enough. I felt worthy, but but I also didn't know the work to do. But once I started getting into personal development, at the age of nineteen is when I started, a long time ago, forty one, you know, uh, or thirty nine years ago. Um, I started to understand a little bit about the power of the mind, the power of habits, the power of commitment, and what that means. Uh, I, I started to learn how to uh, frame things in a way that empowered me instead of disempowered me. And I remember when I first started working with Mr. Brown, the first thing he did was uh, he, he gave me, like the first week I started working for him on commission only, Haley, he put a sheet of paper in front of me and then he put this document right next to the sheet of paper. And the sheet of paper had 100 um, circles in it and each circle had a number. So for example, circle one had $15, circle two was $30, circle three was 45, 60, 75, 90, 105, 120, 135, 150, etc., all the way to 1500, he says, okay, Here's the game of real estate. Right next to this sheet, there is a script. And your job is to learn the script, pick up the phone, okay, and call the first person, which represents the $15. Now, regardless of what they do, regardless of whether they hang up on you, regardless of whether they scream at you, regardless of whether they yell at you, doesn't matter. That call is worth $15. And here's how the game is played. When you call 100 people, Two or three or four are going to be interested in what is asked on the script so i look at the script and the script goes hi and he filled out my name It says this is john Asaraf with alan brown real estate company around the corner we have somebody who's looking to buy a home in the neighborhood have you thought of making a move and then there was this like arrow if they say yes say this if they say no say this so if they say yes my answer was Oh, great. Can my broker Alan Brown and I come over today at three o'clock or would five o'clock be better? And he taught me that that's an alternative choice, not asking them a question of, well, can I come over? Oh, there's a technique here. Great. He said, if they say no, say thank you and say, by the way, have you heard if any of the neighbors are looking to make a move? If they say yes, get their name. If they said no, say thank you. And oh, by the way, do you know when you might consider making a move so we could put it into our little cardex system over here and we'll call you around that time? So what I just described to you was A, he taught me that when I was calling people I didn't know, he avoided me having something called call reluctance and a fear of failure or being rejected, embarrassed, ashamed or ridiculed. He, he taught me that they were rejecting what I was offering at the time, they weren't rejecting me. So he gave me the right frame to not be afraid of cold calling, to learn a script so I knew what I was saying, and he prepared me. And so I made 100 calls every single day, and every single day I ended up with some leads. And initially, he helped me go on listing appointments. He helped me go with people you know, to see homes. And he taught me what to say, how to say it, how to show, how to market, how to sell in a very, very transparent way. So not only did he teach me the mindset that I needed, he taught me the skill set I needed, but he also taught me the action set that I needed. Here's what you do every day. Here are your daily rituals for success. And then he put me in an environment with a whole bunch of other agents and accountability to do the things that were going to achieve the success that I wanted. I learned that model 39 years ago. And that's how I built my real estate company and every other company.
1: Oh my gosh, you're speaking my language. I love that. Because so many people think that if they just listen to somebody else speak about something, And they get it in their brain that there's going to be this massive shift or result. And I've been talking about this, John, actually for a really long time about stepping into your own life. And what I mean by that, when I say that is not just listening to what other people are doing and being a consumer of information, but actually implementing it. And there has to be along the way, obviously, those mindset shifts that are happening and, you know, changes and like neuro neuro tools that are helping you change the way that your, that your brain is shifting. Um, I, I don't know if you guys noticed this, probably not, because um, he may not be popping around the room, but my husband is in the room right now. His name is Wes, and he doesn't come onto Clubhouse that often, but I, John, I know you met him at our house um, last month or so, and he and I have been going through this program, and one of the exercises that we did was, like, we were literally in this virtual room separately, like, we were in separate rooms, oh, but and by the way, he's, I think he's wearing, if you guys want to check him out and follow him, and by the way, he are, are you there, Wes? I don't know if you can speak. I think you... Or like, yeah, yeah. Like doing a run or something. <laughs> no, I mean it's, it's one of those things where I haven't been on Clubhouse for probably three or four months. But then when Haley said
0: she was going to be interviewing John, I was like, I've got to listen to this. So I'm excited to be in the same room and get these tidbits of information that you offer, John. So thank you so much.
2: Hey Wes, yeah. nice to uh, nice to connect again. Yep.
1: And 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 by the way, you guys, not to not to brag, but I'm going to brag um, Wes was a world-class triathlete. So, you know, one of the guys making real money when he was racing and winning, um, like literally races around the world for Wes, just, I know you hate doing this, but tell them how many races you've done and and, and what your stats were <laughs> because it's relevant because of the mindset.
0: Yeah. I mean, the
3: mindset
1: aspect was very important with the training of triathlon, of course, but I raced in, um, over 23 countries many multiple times and did over 220 triathlons and was on the national team for like eight years and USOC the Year and it was one of those things that I just truly enjoyed and um, it was an exciting experience for me. So we'll have Wes come back and I'll do a segment with him sometimes so you guys can pick his brain, those of you who are trying to get out there and move your bodies at a different level. Um, but the reason I bring this up is because uh, John, Wes and I were in this, we're in this program, and you know, it's it's, it's Shanda Sumner's um, program, you know, you're friends with her too. And um, we're in this one exercise where we're sitting in this room, virtual room and separate, like I was with my group, he was with his group and people were like, kind of screaming at us like, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And it went on for like, 20 minutes where we had to respond, we had to respond to people screaming at like, what do you want? And making that, making that commitment, turning that intention into an actual like, like reality we want and then implementing and taking action was mind blowing to me because I've been in many different over the last decade or more leadership personal development mindset programs it's not and i think the difference is is like the three pieces that you're talking about putting together it's having the mindset it's having the skill set it's having the tool set but it's also actually taking action and making that commitment to what i'm calling stepping into your own life and i'm i'm so first of all i just want to say i'm so grateful that you're here in this room to talk more about this to continue on we'll have everybody be able to pick your brain in about i don't know five or ten minutes because i know people are going to want to ask you questions and i also want to thank you again for coming and attending, and I know you've got your own event. You can talk about that too. Um, the summit next week, because next Tuesday through next Tuesday through Thursday, I'm having an event called Uncap Your Income, which is we've got 25 rock stars, including Glenn, who's on the stage here, Emily, who's on the stage here right now. I'm scrolling down to see if there's any other, Barbara who's on the stage right now. <laughs> and we're talking about unlocking your true earning potential and living life on your terms. So if you are an entrepreneur, if you are a creative, if you are anyone who's looking to supercharge your income, people. You will, first of all, you can come literally and listen to John's segment and and, and, and stop letting outside circumstances determine your success and happiness. So, you know, so many of us are looking for the opportunity and ability to take the right steps forward towards freedom, prosperity, and a life filled with passion and purpose and love. And I think that you can hear it oozing out of John, like how important it is to have these these components come together. So with him and 25 other Uber successful entrepreneurs, coaches, marketing geniuses, sales experts, wealth experts, they're going to gather here. And if you DM me on Instagram, the word summit, the link is also in my clubhouse bio, the actual link on capyourincome.com. And it's also in the link in my Instagram bio, whether you just pop on to hear John, (laughs) whether you just pop into hear Glenn or Barbara or Emily, or any of those speakers who are speaking, I hope that you guys make it. Um, But John, tell us, um, I want to talk about money. Speaking of money, you know, we were talking about the Uncap Your Income Summit, and I want to talk about money. What is the biggest block that you have seen people have about money?
2: Um, I think first and foremost, Haley, they don't really even understand um, the concept of, of money and the five pillars uh, involved in playing the game of money. So if we go back in time, to when we didn't even have money or currency. You know, we were living in, in you know in tribes on the banks of rivers and people started doing things. And then as the tribes got bigger, you know, one tribe stayed in one location, another tribe, you know, moved down the river. Uh, and some of the tribes people got great at, you know, picking berries and, and, and getting grains. And some started fishing and some started hunting. And then they started to exchange, you know, three fish for your basket of berries. And we started this means of exchange um, between tribes, uh, and then when we started to live in cities, uh, we continued this bartering system, and then we put a value on, you know, one haircut for, you know, fixing your horse's hooves, um, and then we started to um, create coins. But even before there were coins, there were seashells, chocolates, uh, and a variety of different things that we created as a means of exchange between individuals, between tribes, between countries, between um, vast geographic areas. Uh, Around the world Uh, and then we developed these coins and then when the coins got too heavy to transport across um, You know across vast distances. We created uh, paper then we obviously are in the you know, the uh, Currency of electronic exchanges based on value. So first and foremost Money is nothing more than a means of exchange. It's a tool It doesn't it doesn't tell you how good you are how smart you are may tell you how good you're playing the game of commerce Um, but Uh, What we first know is that in order to earn more money, the five pillars, just so we're all clear that you've got to get really good at if you want to master the game of money, uh, is earning. How am I with my knowledge, my skills, my vision, my goals, my desires, how am I going to create enough value in the marketplace since it's the marketplace that pays you based on your value? Um, How am I going to create enough value so people want to exchange what it is that I do or say or share with them or exchange with them. How do I make whatever it is, $10,000, $100,000, $1 million, whatever it is that you want. The first order of businesses, how do I create enough value in the marketplace so that the exchange that I bring into the marketplace is worthy of somebody wanting to give me the money that they earn and trade their time and energy for. Part one, part two is how do I manage this, this thing called money? I've got you know, paychecks coming in, I've got investment income coming in, uh, I've got this management thing for all of the uh, things that require money. So I need to learn how to manage not just my inflows, I need to manage my outflows. Uh, and then there's this thing called investing. And most people don't invest, most people are gambling or speculating because they don't have a framework, okay, and a philosophy for how do I invest so that there is a predictable, as much as possible, uh, upside for my investments. So now I need to learn how to earn, now I need to learn how to manage, now I need to learn how to invest, and based on you know my age, my philosophy, my risk tolerance, I need to have this framework of what am I doing? What percentage of my money should be, you know, for gambling, for, for speculating? Um, because investment means you're looking for an ROI, a return on that investment. And depending on the math, um, if you wanna double your money every three years, you need to earn a certain interest rate per year. If you wanna double your money every five to seven years, the interest rate is different. Well, it'd be a pretty good idea knowing that going in to each investment. So then we have the protecting now, how do i protect my business my intellectual property uh, my home my investments H- how do i protect it if i'm if i'm in the stock market uh, how do i protect it if i'm in real estate how do i protect my business and the assets well there are ways to protect your assets uh, and then we have this thing called debt and too many people use debt uh, because they don't know how to manage money and they don't know how to earn more than they manage um and so they are constantly in a state of debt. Now, all of this starts to become your psychology, but also becomes your expectation points. And when we're talking about the neuroscience of wealth, the neuroscience of earning, investing, managing, protecting, and either using debt as leverage or getting out of debt, there are techniques for every one of these things. And so most people's problems, isn't that the how-to doesn't exist, they just haven't made a commitment to level up their skill sets, so they can. And now we get into the domain that is my wheelhouse. And that is why. Why aren't you learning what you need to learn? Why aren't you applying what you do already know? And now we're getting into the neuroscience of uh, networks and circuits in the brain that turn on or off. And you mentioned earlier, you know, one of the things I do every year, and this year will be the ninth year we're doing our uh, annual brain where I bring some of the leading brain and success experts to share what are some of the latest techniques and technologies to help people first identify what may be holding you back mentally or emotionally and even strategically. And then what are the latest uh, tips, tools, techniques, methods to really get your brain to turn on it's success switch versus keeping reinforcing the patterns that have become normal and comfortable for you. And um, you had mentioned um, how people can find this if you go to either brainathon.com, our next live event uh, with usually about 100,000 people sign up for it. It's free, it's about six or eight hours. If you go to brainathon.com or you just go to my Instagram and type in, as you mentioned earlier, just the word brain with no emojis, no no, no message, just brain. B-R-A-I-N, uh, it'll take you to a page, you can I'll sign up. I'll help you
1: for... out, John, too, I'll help you out, too. If they, Thank you. Me, if they message me the word brain, too, I'll help you guys out. But just make sure it's on Instagram, and it's not Correct. on Clubhouse. We don't love the Clubhouse DM here. And yeah, first, you can do it on... Yeah, go ahead, We man. set
2: it up on, on Instagram and or on Facebook Messenger.
1: Awesome. All right, great. I'm sc- so I'm that's, that's, There's
2: a long winded answer to the question. It's not that they can't. And when we if we have time, I'll give not, you that that I'm going to ask
1: you, like, why won't they? Like, what is your theory on why people won't?
2: Um, um, well, it's not a theory. It's a fact. So let's let's get that straight. There's only four <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah. So let's get four things straight. So um, there's only four things that can hold people back. And again, if we if we go to the neuroscience of behavior, Um, So let's say somebody's listening and says, okay, um, you know, I I, I like what John is saying. Let's say they don't have the knowledge. Let's say they have a big vision, big goals of what they want to achieve. And they even have, um, you know, the limbic system um, activated with why they must achieve it. I must achieve this vision and these goals because, and they write out all of this stuff, right? Um, And um, so first part's great but what happens in our brain all right if we have a lack of the knowledge and skills of what to do it there's um some stuff that i that i started uh, teaching a few years back before i wrote my newest best selling book inner size and that is imagine that you have in your brain Uh, In the front parts of your brain, over your left eye and over your right eye. So over your left eye is the Einstein part of your brain. It's called the left prefrontal cortex. And that part of your brain is your imagination. That part of your brain is your CEO, your executive director. uh, The part of your brain that can choose what you want, can make a commitment for what you want, come up with the reasons why you want to do it, and even come up with a step-by-step methodical plan of how to achieve it. Easy, right? We can do that. That's called your you know, conscious thinking CEO, executive director of your brain. But right next to uh, that part of your brain is called the left prefrontal or the right prefrontal cortex. And I call that the Frankenstein's monster. So imagine the gas in your car. You can go fast and you turn left and turn right and it's easy once you're gone, but there's also the brakes that can stop you dead in your tracks. And, What happens if you have your foot on the gas and the brake there's a lot of movement but you're not going very far you're staying stuck in that place so what happens with the right prefrontal cortex is that is the part of our brain that's actually been evolving for millions of years that is one of the most sensitive parts of our brain and its job is to do this after you say I want to achieve this and I'm committed to this and you share it with your friend and you kumbaya and high five and hug and do all these beautiful dances that we do when we're excited and dopamine is being released in our brain it says okay Haley okay John okay Wes Um, what if you fail Uh, what if you succeed and then fail what if you do it again and, and commit to it again and then You disappoint yourself because you don't reach the goal. What if you're embarrassed? What if you're ashamed? What if you're ridiculed? What if you're judged? And this uh, part of our brain is a protective part of our brain that wants us to avoid any pain or discomfort. And it will do more to avoid pain or discomfort automatically. This is happening at the neural circuitry part of your brain, the electrical and chemical releases in your brain to protect you, to conserve energy, to make sure that you don't waste time, energy, money, and that you don't have any mental, emotional, physical, financial pain or discomfort. And so when we have these big goals and dreams and desires and we read books and we go to Clubhouse and go, oh my God, that was great and then we don't take action, it's not because we don't want to take action. It's not because we can't say, I'm gonna take action right now and do it using our willpower muscle and our uh, ability to make a decision right now and take action. But there are neuro mechanisms that actually put the brakes on the motivational center and the behavioral center in the brain. So we have circuits motivational circuit, spiritual circuit. We have um, a fear circuit. We have an uncertainty circuit, a doubt circuit. And if we don't have the skill to recognize which circuit is on or off, which we're now learning, finally, we're learning more about the circuits and the networks within our own brain. We have a salience network, executive function network, and something called the default mode network, otherwise known as your automatic self. The habitual thoughts, emotions, and behaviors that you have become accustomed to is what you will do week in, week out, month in, month out because of how the brain is wired from birth. And so that's number one, knowledge and skills will do that. If we have limiting beliefs, um, it'll also put the brakes on your motivation and your behavioral center. If you have fears, and I mentioned you know eight or 10 of them, Uh, it'll automatically deactivate motivation and behavior centers and if your identity doesn't match your current identity your self-image self-worth and self-esteem the current hidden one not the one you talk about but the hidden self-image if the hidden self-image doesn't match the vision and goals that you have you have what i call is chaos in the brain and chaotic vibration and what you want to have is what I teach all of my students how to create coherence, harmony and flow between your mindset, your heart, your intuition and the universal intelligence and the quantum field that we're all in. So there's a, a boatload of factual stuff of what actually holds people back, and then we can get into the world of habits. go
1: he's John Asprey. Can you believe this? This is amazing. Like this is like real science that helps you understand like why you might be stuck, why you might not be handling your finances the way you are, why you might not be stepping into abundance, why you may not be making money. And uh you know, if you want to check him out more, obviously DM him or go ahead to his his Instagram bio here. Check him. Out his Clubhouse bio, and you can get way more information by coming to his Brainathon and DMing either one of us the word "brain" or um, coming over to my Uncap Your Income Summit and DMing me on Instagram the word "summit." Lots and lots and lots of great stuff here. I've got another question for you, John, and then I want to open up the mic and just allow other people to pick your brain. <laughs> I want to know if you can give everybody your best productivity hack because i know that so many people end up like scattered mites when they wake up in the morning and their their brain and their body and their everything just goes ah and then all of a sudden the day is over and they're like what that got that bad so can you share with us one um, amazing hack that would help yeah you?
2: so the, the most amazing hack is um uh, what i call um ppp equals ppp right? So uh, PPP equals PPP means piss poor planning equals piss poor performance. So PPP piss poor planning equals piss poor performance. So every Sunday night, I plan my week. Every morning, I invest 30 minutes with my EA to make sure that the day that I have is focusing on two things, my highest impact producing activities, and there has to be three, and my highest income producing activities and there has to be two so three high impact two high income every single day so a high impact activity uh, for me may be uh, coming on this show with you a high impact activity for me maybe what i did before this show was i was at the gym early this morning because i don't usually do podcasts or clubhouse at 7 a.m in the morning so i went early But because my health is so high up there, it's like up there with oxygen for me, I make time to exercise and meditate every single day. So planning for my health, wealth, relationships, career and business, I plan on a yearly basis, quarterly basis, monthly basis, weekly basis, daily basis. And if you take the time to plan, you'll be 90% of the way there because you will use your higher cortical functions and think So you don't have to react all day long to either the the 6200 thoughts that you have, which is the newest research on how many thoughts we have a day. It's not 50 or 35,000 or 75,000. The newest research is 6200. And so I wanna be focused on the high income, high impact activities every single day that are gonna make me trade my life for what I value the most and for high performance.
1: I love it. Thank you. All right, you guys, Don Astroff, we are here. He is here for the next 15 minutes or so generously when he doesn't normally do podcasts or this kind of, and I can bet you that the reason that he doesn't do this kind of work in the morning is because it's his best productivity time. And He probably actually works on his deep stuff himself. <laughs> that's one of, at least one of my tricks is, uh, I, I spend my mornings from a certain time to a certain time, like diving into the stuff that only I can do and that my brain can do. And that's when my my peak performances from about six o'clock in the morning until about 12 or one o'clock in the afternoon. So, so grateful that you're here um, in the morning with us to share all of your wisdom. Do you guys want to blink your mic if you're on stage and then raise your hand if you are in the audience and want to come up and I'll just create a little cue for us to go ahead and pick John's brains. So we've got Dr. Connor, who else is on the stage here to start that would like to blink your mics, blink your mics. If you've got a question, if you want to Pick his brain a little bit, Dimple. Anybody else, Dr. Connor? Dimple, don't be shy. I've only got him for 15 more minutes. I see a couple people in the audience, too, that I'm going to bring up: um, Emmy and I love one, Pam and Richard and Cooper, and we'll go with that. So let's go in that order, Dr. Connor and then Dimple one more time. Mods, this is your, or or speakers on the stage, this is your last chance before we go and move into the audience. Giving you priority first. I love one. Cooper, can you please blink your mic? Let's make sure that everybody who's on the stage blinks their mics with any background noise, and Dr. Connor, we'll start with you.
3: All right, cool. Thank you so much, Hailey. Yeah, it's a really interesting conversation, John. I'm actually, um, awake. it's quarter to four here so usually when we speak it's uh it's totally very very late for me um just like Haley touched on something really interesting there you said before with regard to um there's a lot of generations especially in the U.S. that have the welfare system right that it's almost like a hereditary trait running through families on the opposite scale, scale of things in your experience have you noticed that people who, let say, earn a lot of money, they either, you know, they pass on that expectancy of money or the skills, the traits, or like, how does it work on the opposite
2: side of things in your experience? Hey, Connor, great to uh, be with you again. So, listen, here's a, here's a really interesting thing. Um, the research around uh, welfare is the average welfare recipient is seventh or eighth generation welfare recipient in the United States. So if we look at genetics first, so uh, let's say we have a genetic predisposition, um, you know, for, for welfare, and you know, that's just part of our genetic code. And then we're born into the environment that not only activates that propensity, but it reinforces it through, through the environment. So that's part one. Now let's take a look at people that are uh, are born into an affluent environment. That is what they learn, but there there are, there are uh, anomalies to this so let me give you an example let's say you're born into uh, an affluent family that fights like hell around money or um the accumulation of 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 money and wealth is such a negative um has such a negative impact on you because maybe you don't see um your a parent or both of your parents or or maybe you know you're sent off um, you know maybe to school or to live with relatives and your association with money is negative you will associate having money with misery and so here's the thing to understand when we are born uh, if you think about your brain right I'm gonna go right back to the neuroscience with Connie you and I've had this, these discussions before we're not born with any beliefs We're not born with any self-image. We're not born with self-worth, self-esteem. We're not born with any fears. We're not born with any habits. We're not born with any knowledge or any skills. We are born a clean slate. Now, the meaning that we learn to give things or the meaning that is given to us when we are in the modeling and we are in the imprinting years and we are in the early experiential years, when that neuroplasticity switch of ours is on full and creating neural connections and patterns which become our beliefs and become our paradigms of reality, at the age of 12, 13, 14, that neuroplasticity switch turns off and now we're in the reinforcement years of those patterns. So if having money uh, was uh, an empowering, positive, constructive, inspiring environment, then we'll have constructive, inspiring, powerful ideas and a relationship with money and the representation of money. So I've seen, I have seen, uh, I've worked with families where, where there was so much wealth. Um, The kids were amazing. And I've worked with families where there's so much wealth, the kids, um, you know, ended up being miserable, and in many cases, uh, did not do very, very well until we did some repatterning and re, you know reshifting of paradigms. So I've seen both, and I've seen people that have been born into environments of uh, of um, uh, scarcity that have said, "I don't want this," and they escape because they realize that I don't have to be a victim of any of my genetic predispositions or my environment. So when we get the mindset right. Uh, and we upgrade the skill set of how to, whether it's how to master your mindset, how to master your emotions, how to master your behaviors so that you are captain of your own ship, now you have an empowered human being. And if you're a victim of a, you know, whether it's automatic negative thoughts or automatic negative emotions or uh, disempowering, destructive habits, and you don't know how to let them go, then you're ignorant. Now, I want everybody to understand, please don't get mad at me for calling you ignorant. I'm ignorant. Ignorant just means I don't know. That's all it means is not knowing. And so let's move from a state of ignorance, right? To a state of awareness and a state of knowing if I choose, if I commit, not interested, commit all of the how to. And this is the mind boggling thing, Connor and Haley. All the how-to, to to make more money, to be healthier, to be happier, to have a great relationship, to build a business, to build a book, or write a book, to become a coach, to to, to grow your business, to double your income, all the how-to's already available. And the question is, are you committed or are you interested? I'm gonna keep coming back to that every single day. Um, Because if you're committed, there's a way, and if you're interested, there's always an excuse.
1: Did that answer your question,
2: Connor? Yeah,
3: absolutely. I mean, you don't have to sell me. Brainathon, 23rd, I'll be ready. It's, uh, I mean, the speakers you have are just phenomenal. Yeah, so,
2: it's going to be a Thank you, Connor.
3: And also, Haley, as well. I mean, what you've just mentioned there, your speakers. I mean, it's wonderful to have you guys and to be uh, amongst you on stage. Thanks so much, John. Yeah, of
1: course. All right, so we're going to take a couple more. I know, Heather, you blinked your mic and double. Yeah, absolutely. Can you guys hear me? I apologize, I'm in a, um, a coffee shop. Hey John, so nice to see you here. Um, you know, one of the things I wanna hey, talk to man. you about and just ask you really quickly, because of time, sorry, is about money, all right? In the world of um, growing up in that particular environment, how do you then begin to daily act second of that and responsibility? For, for money, money is one of them. Of course, there's many things. But how do you start to take ownership and responsibility that we get to change those kind of daily?
2: So just so you know, you're, you were breaking in and out. And, and I don't know if uh, anybody else, Haley, if you could hear what she was asking, if you could repeat no, that. I can't
1: she, really hear. Can you repeat it, Heather? Or else we'll just move to somebody else and come back to you if you get more better reception. we have dimple dimple can you jump in yeah sure thank you haley thanks haley and everyone check out haley's event because she's got an amazing lineup of speakers i was just like wow this is like she's put together such a great lineup and john you're absolutely amazing i've been in many of your rooms um so my question is you're welcome. My question is, how do you reprogram your brain and mindset after a traumatic, traumatic event, such as losing a loved one or, for example, so many people are dealing with COVID right now?
2: Sure. Um, so here's a question that um, I want to ask, and, and you can answer this. And I lost a loved one to COVID. My mother uh, got COVID on May 2nd. Uh, and died May 9th or May 8th, six days later from diagnosis to death. So um, I'm not looking for, for anybody to say anything, just so how do you deal with the loss of a loved one? It's a very, very um, a tough thing to do. I was on the board of the Jenna Druck Foundation, which actually helps people deal with the loss of a loved one. That is that is their mission. And my wife and I donated to them while they were still going. And, um, and so there's a couple of things. Um, I think it, it depends on... Uh, On age, it depends on how. Um, The more traumatic the the death and the means of the death, the harder it is uh, for somebody. And the people that you know that um, you know came to to this foundation, a lot of them you know lost a a loved one to suicide, to to a killing, to to a a horrific disease. And so uh, there's there's a lot of different. Tools that you can use, including you know, in the grieving process. What what we know about the grieving process is everybody grieves differently. Um, Some people you know uh, accept it. Some people suppress it. Some people uh, express it. Some people um, it takes uh, a week to get over, and some people takes a lifetime. So when we're dealing with the grieving process, uh, how do we move on? The thing that I have discovered uh, for my for me, and I could just say for me, and maybe some of the people that I share with is the meaning that we give anything determines how we feel and how we feel determines what we do, part one. And part two, our philosophies matter, right? So for me, I don't believe we die, right? So i believe that the physical body dies but i don't believe we the spirit right the essence of who i am the essence of who you are the essence of what everything is does not die now that doesn't mean that the the relationship for example you know isn't there anymore the way it was now we just have memories when we have uh the the loss of a loved one and um and so when we have a traumatic event our brain actually is
0: at the end of the day you are our eyes and ears you know and you know and our face for people to love us or to not love us right so that's why it's really important and um you I'm know i'm not sure who that is haley. Time, and uh i love it i'm very fortunate that we've uh, John yeah. can i continue haley or do you want me to wait yeah no go ahead we
2: have a couple okay. more minutes if
1: that's okay
2: no problem um you know so so the meaning that we give anything determines how we feel how we feel determines what we do or don't do so the first question is is there a way that i can give whatever the trauma is or was a meaning that will empower me and all of the research of people that have been victims of uh, of trauma uh, mental physical sexual etc that um, have come to terms with the trauma they somehow Um, give the meaning of the event and what they can do about it, an empowering meaning that allows them to move forward versus a disempowering meaning uh, and hijacking their amygdala, their emotional control center of their brain um, that keeps repeating the trauma over and over and over again with a disempowering negative um, meaning. Now, I'm not... Uh, by any stretch of the imagination, saying that, you know, what happens to you um, is positive in any way, but is there anything, and usually this takes time, a lot of people that turn their trauma uh, into a message, turn their trauma into helping other people, turning their trauma into more confidence, more certainty, more personal power, um, more resolve, more tenacity, more grit, as a result of it, tend to do better than those who feel victimized by it and that's the only thing they repeat now i do agree listen there are you know people among us that have been victimized and it's horrific and can you give that a meaning that changes your focus from the victimization and the damage or or the death and and the loss uh including a living loss in in many cases um that will empower you as a result of the lessons you've learned the the strength that you've Uh, Developed, etc. So we can, we can, we are meaning-making machines, and we are prediction machines. Our brain is a is a bioorganism, a a living bioorganism that changes. And since we we are not our brains, we have a brain, and so we can either be. Uh, allow it to control us, or we can learn to control it better. It's only in the last, you know, 10, 15 years that we're really getting some of the user's manual for the most powerful hundred billion dollar organism that we own. So imagine if somebody gave you a hundred billion dollar computer. Like, would you would you like learn how to like really use it? Or would you just like turn it on and go on the internet? Like, we have a hundred billion dollar brain. And Many of us don't have the user's manual for it, and that's why I do the Bring Athon. That's why I wrote my book Inner Size and my other New York Times best-selling books um, to give people the user's manual, you know, so that they can uh, deal with whatever cards life gave them and play the best hand possible.
1: I love it, John. Thank you so much for being here with us today. And I, I I, see, you guys can probably see, we're not gonna get to everybody's questions. So we're gonna hand it back to Sarah, but I wanna give a huge round of applause. Lots of mic flashes and love and flowers for John Asarov. Woo-hoo! Yay! And you guys- Thank you, are- Haley.